Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with speaker and expert on navigating change with grace, Donna Ferris. She lives in Westchester, Pennsylvania and Duck, North Carolina with her husband and dogs and spends as much time as possible with her two musketeers in Pittsburgh. In addition to continuing to work in corporate America, Donna teaches yoga, life coaches, leads retreats and writes about overcoming adversity, grief, success and sobriety as side hustles. She just published her first book, We've Got to Stop Meeting Like This, a memoir of misconnections. We cover all of this and what success looks like in a post-COVID world. Enjoy this interview. Donna, thanks for taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm glad we were able to connect. Yes, absolutely. So before we get into your life and the work you do, I want to know, how did you survive COVID? How did you make it through that two-year period? And how did it change you now, You know, both as a person and as a professional, now that we've come out of it, or we are coming out of it, things are opening up. I think COVID, and I was lucky enough to not have an incredibly difficult time in terms of health or really anybody close to me uh, that had health issues. So, so I had this unique position to kind of go into myself um, and and really kind of take some time to heal from what had been a kind of a really difficult time uh, for me before that. So I had a lot of tools, I think, coming into to COVID to to deal with what happened. Um, and, it, you know, it gave me a lot of time to soul search. And it's actually, I got sober um, through COVID. So it, it was a very interesting time for me. Uh, and I, I have to say, I'm better for the time, but I... Um, but I, uh, you know, I feel incredibly lucky to be able to say that. I think that's what I'm noticing more and more is that there has been a, an incredible amount of silver linings that have gone into this. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it, you know, I think, and I think that's true. I, I think it speaks to a lot of what I talk about with, with um, people is around that if you can find your way to see uh, light through difficult times, you will likely be changed, and uh, and what you've experienced will make you more grateful and joyful with what you have. And I, I think when we have to be broken apart to have that experience, um, because when things are going great uh, and everybody is 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 on an upward trajectory, uh, they don't get a chance to really think about what they're doing. They just are doing what's in front of them. But when, when everything kind of breaks, you, you kind of have to look at, at what your life is about and whether you're happy with it. Absolutely. I, I contended during that whole time that any, anything that you were coming into it was only going to get magnified. So if you yeah. were typically, you know, you were an optimistic, positive individual, that was going to be magnified. But if there was darkness, it was going to, it was going to break out in a myriad of ways. Yeah, I think that's very true. And we basically sent everybody home for a large, long, long uh, time out. And if you yes. didn't have the tools, you know, if you didn't have the tools to deal with that, if if listening to your thoughts uh, ad nauseum was torturous for you, it was going to be really difficult. And so I was really fortunate that I had started to meditate. I was in yoga. I had done a lot of uh, work on a book, and but I wasn't done with it. So I just really uh, dove into work and dove into uh, my book, and and that was 
and I luckily had, you know, was in the middle of a really great relationship. Uh, so I, you know, all of those things kind of worked well. But I, I can totally see that there's different parts of my times of my life that that would have been torture to be in in the same house with the same person, you know, having to deal with my own thoughts. Um, so I know how I can imagine how difficult it was for a lot of people. So speaking of work and speaking of working on a book, talk to me a little bit about what you do. And I'm going to have you do it in this way. I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. And one of them is <laughs> going to look up. <laughs> one of them is going to look up at you and say, "What do you do for a living, and how are you qualified to do it?" What would you What would your answer be? I would say, and I've done actually not third graders. I've done it for high schoolers. I have a career in a relationship management um, in both corporate America and really now. Um, in my side hustle, which is doing workshops and coaching and, and writing. I mean, it's really a communication career and really building relationships with people to help them with their path. And in corporate America, it's, it's helping them identify solutions for what they need uh, in a business sense, uh, but also I, I mentor people too, so that, that happens as well. But in the side hustle, you know, in yoga and coaching and workshops, Similar thing. I mean, kind of trying to understand what they need, um, and not necessarily what I say they need. It's what they say they need, and then and then really giving them some tools that they can take with them. I, I think a key thing in both of these instances is that we can't tell people what they should do or what they actually need. We need to respond uh, and listen, and then. Uh, give an array of things and something might work and something may not work. But even there, deciding between those things that you offer uh, is is some sort of learning for them. And and, and that's kind of what I do, I think, in, in pretty much all areas of my life. Talk to me a little bit about growing up. How did you how did you get the, the motivation to do what you do? What what were some of the seeds that sprouted in you that made you want to be who you are now? Yeah, I think I was a I was a black sheep in a in a uh, very uh, conservative Christian household. My father was a minister, although I got along very well with him. Um, I was not. I did not follow all the rules, uh, and I had a very abusive mother. So I really had to learn at a very young age how to cope and how to get along with difficult personalities, which I have, I use to this day. I think that's like it's one of my superpowers, actually. Um, yeah, so I had a really difficult childhood um, with with definitely glimmers. I mean, my father always thought I was uh, talented, and uh, he really thought very highly of me, but uh, pretty much everybody else didn't. So that was hard, I think. And and but the good part of it, I think, again, is is I had to. Uh, evolve. I had to stand up for myself. I and I had to and I had the strength to break away from, you know, my my home, and that was important to me to do. Uh, and then, it, it, you know, I never really relied on anybody else, um, and that was that's very helpful uh, in in life to not keep waiting for somebody to to save you all the time. Talk to me a little bit about kind of your 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 mantra, so to speak, is. 
navigating change with grace. Explain that. Explain how what what that means and how you arrived at this. Yeah, I think so. There is plenty of evidence in my life where I did not master change with grace. I, you know, and I think that, but I, I knew I wanted to do better. I knew that there, when I was faced with difficult times, all of the reptilian brain would come up, right? And then, and you would, you know, I, I would, um, you know, do things that I didn't want to that were outside of my normal character, and I wanted to fix that. I wanted to, it, with stimulus of difficulty, I wanted to, to, you know, not do things that I would regret. Um, and that, and that, and that's really what I learned, but I had to learn it over, uh, as I speak about in my book, like I had to learn it over three years of compressed loss. And, um, and, you know, the first couple times you go through it, you can still kind of, baby muscle through. You think you can get by. You get yourself uh, over-focused um, on work or over-focused on a relationship or your kids or drinking um, or whatever, and, and you, you, know, you numb yourself out of it. But by the time I had the third one happen, I, really, I realized that not, not, none of this was working. And I was already taking yoga therapy, uh, a three-year yoga therapy certification, and, and so I was able to apply those tools to to those times, and, and they continue to work for me. The tools continue to work. I, you know, life doesn't stop giving you stuff to work through. Uh, COVID was certainly one, but I mean, I've had things with my kids and, and um, you know, serious things, and, and I've used the tools, and they have helped me. So, so, yeah, I think a lot of it is, a lot of it's self-care, a lot of it's allowing things to happen and not, and not wallowing in them. I mean, I, another thing I say a lot is, uh, I do believe that we've got to become more than what happens to us. I think that's incredibly important to because the wallowing phase in, in a difficult period is one that feels good. You know, we don't. It feels a little like self care, but it's also like poor, poor, pitiful me, and I don't have to do anything else. And that chip on your shoulder, if you live with it for too long, it can really slow you down and and get you stuck. So, um, you know, self care, moving through. And focusing on your self-purpose, like what is your purpose for being here? When we get broken uh, with these changes, it gives us, again, the chance to look at our lives and say, well, what do I really want to be known for? And what do I really want to leave behind? Uh, especially with death, you know, your mortality is right in front of you. So it, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to look at what you want to do and what you want to be. Uh, and I think those things are, are what get you through those difficult times is remembering the who you want to be, who you want to be to the people around you, how do you want to love, how do you want to be remembered. So who have been role models or heroes for you in your life? Um, it's funny you ask that. There's a, um, a lot of them are writers. So Mary Oliver is a poet. Um, she's the one that if you've ever seen the quote, uh, what do you want to do with your one wild and precious life? Uh, she was. She's a great role model for me, I think. She she was abused as a child. She had a very difficult childhood and uh, sought nature and writing to, to work her way through it and, and just did it beautifully and wasn't resentful, really. I mean, she did write some things, you know, that are certainly questioning her upbringing, but, but most of it is just focused on life and the being in the moment of life. I think Tama Chodron, uh, again, a Buddhist monk, went through difficult times found Buddhism and writes about, I mean, all of her books are, are, (laughs) 
incredibly, uh, you know, difficult titles, like When Everything Falls Apart, things like that. Um, Sharon Feldberg, again, another meditation teacher, teaches loving-kindness meditation. Tara Brock um, is another meditation teacher. So I think those are those are a lot of my role models. All cop, all of them cop to difficult times. They do not say they have all the answers. They are human in every way. And I think, you know, incredibly inspiring because they do admit their foibles and and that they also, um, you know, suffer and, and, and fight through things. So I, I really appreciate that. My uh, poetry class in college, that was the, that was the poet that uh, my mm. professor introduced us to was Mary Oliver. So yeah. I remember her very well, for sure. Um, yeah. So... If you can meet anybody on the planet right now that's alive and talk to them for a little bit, who would you love to meet? I'm trying to think of who I follow, that I really follow. I mean, I think I would like to meet, um, yeah, I think I'd really like to meet Tara Brock. I think that would be one of the people that I'd want to meet. I think she's uh, quite eloquent she's when she does if, if, if you've ever listened to her podcast she does a Wednesday night podcast she always weaves in philosophy she was a psychologist weaves in mental health and then weaves in poetry I mean almost every hour that she does so I think that's I think I'd like to meet her I think um Tama Chodron I mean she's she's uh brilliant and I'd love to meet her so that's probably the two that I would I would pay to see right now. <laughs> right on. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. So every day we wake up, we have things we look forward to and that we want to do. What is it for you that drives you through your day? What do you look forward to the most? I think I look for those, in those connections that I have with people, the moment where there's a turning point in the conversation or the problem or the the project that we're working on and where I can say something. I can, you know, I, w- I usually pick my, pick my moment uh, that can resonate. I think, I think one of the benefits of the work that I've done, you know, we really didn't talk about anything about energy work, but I mean, you know, I've done a lot of work about understanding people's energy and, and, their thoughts and um, and understanding what's being said in the room uh, and I, in the Zoom too. <laughs> and um, I think being able to find that moment where you can connect people's communication uh, and find the thing that will help move, you know, the, the project or the endeavor or the whatever conversation along, I, I, I think that's what really drives me in a lot of ways. It probably, again, I think it's built from uh, being abused as a kid, you know, being, always having to find that spot for, for survival. And it's, you know, like that um, outliers uh, thing that Malcolm Godwell talks about. I had so much practice at it that it's something that now is something I enjoy doing because I can and, I, and it, there's, you know, no, no uh, negative usually uh, associated with it. So I think I think that's what keeps me going, and I think everything that I'm doing that has that little spark in it um, of connection is uh, is really enjoyable for me. And, and that's you know writing and podcast uh, interviews and and um, 
just, you know, kind of all the things that, that, that bring me joy, teaching yoga. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you talked about, you know, energy work and, and you know, giving and all of that. I'm curious, how do you balance all of that in your life? I mean, you have to give, but you also have to take care of yourself. How does that dance work for you? I think my it's a really good question, and I'm, I've been doing a lot of work on boundaries in terms of writing. I mean, just this, it's, it's a big subject. I think it's a workshop I want to do. I think it's, I think one of the things, one of the turns that I've gotten to around boundaries is that we have to be careful of doing too much for people because we don't allow them to grow and we don't give them confidence to do it on their own. And I think. I think that has been an important turn for me in in my whole journey around, you know, helping people. I, I try not to say I help people anymore. I, I try to say that I give them tools and then they help themselves. And and I don't want to take that away from them in any way, including my kids or family or loved ones. There, There's always a line. And I always try to think of this. Is, is this something that will, that they, that will further them? Or will, am I just putting a Band-Aid on something that they actually have to solve themselves? And I, and I, I, um, I think that's important to let people solve their own problems. And um, and yeah, I think that's that's where that's where I, I, I'm working on the boundary. I'm not saying I'm always good at it, I'm, but I'm definitely working on the boundary there. So if you look back on your life. Think about all of the things, the, the wisdom that you've gained, and I'm I'm going to put you in a scenario where you have a dream tonight. You run into your 20 year old version, and you can mm-hmm. give that version of yourself a piece of advice based on the wisdom that you've gained throughout all these years. What would you tell your young version? It's okay to love yourself. It's okay to put yourself first. Stop drinking. I would. I mean, these are these are things. I think. I think everything that I did in the last however many decades. Since then, I wish I had taken care of myself more so that I could have been better to those around me. I think that because I don't, we can't love other people more than we love ourselves. And I, I wish I had taken better care of myself all the way around. And, I, and that may sound incredibly selfish, but it's really a gift to everybody else. Um, if you, you know, take care of your own business. Uh, you're less likely to marry the wrong people or say the wrong thing or act in the wrong way because you you have your center and you're taking good care of yourself so that you can give to others um, without any um, ultimatums or uh, requirements. So I think I, I think that's what I wish I would have done. I would have said, you know, you, you can take care of yourself. You don't have to work so hard to be liked. You don't have to work so hard to have a group that they love you. You can. Um, you're going to be okay. So what's been one of the best client fan responses you've ever gotten from your work that you remember? I know I am so glad you said what you said. And I, I, and I think also there's, through my book, there's a lot of people I had no idea I needed this. I think, you know, that I had no idea that I needed this. And that's, and that's how, that's how my journey's been too. I, so I think that's that's an incredibly um, incredible gift, and I and and I'm sure you understand this too. Like when somebody reads, somebody comes back to you with a line in your book or what in your work um, that resonated with them. You know, it's a huge gift, um, and it, it just makes it feel worth it because there's so much that we do as artists that we just don't 
you're like, I do I do what I'm doing? You know, why do I keep doing this? I, you know, I, I can't really stop it. But, you know, when somebody comes back and, and throws back at you a line that you worked hard on and you, you were truly vulnerable in and weren't sure you should share it and they, and they throw it back at you, um, I think the one that got me recently was somebody came back with the, the line where I'd, you asked me if, if I believe, I believe in love and wherever, wherever religion um, coincides with love, I believe in it. And, I, and, and that came back to me in a card, a thank you card. And, and that was really cool because it's not a line that I talk a lot about, um, but it was an important one. It was, I was very vulnerable about it because I was trying to stay away from religion in my book and um, it was, it, I'm glad that she came back with it. So everyone out there has a perception or an idea of who they think you are, your family, your friends, your clients. But ultimately, you live your life. You've always had a perception of you. Who do you think you are? That's a great question. I hope that I am kind. I think that's, I think that's the thing I would like to, to be. I would, that would be the thing that I would like to be. I think everything else will come from that. But I think if I can remember to be kind, I, I, I hope that people think of me that way now. I don't think I was always thought that way. Um, and I think, I think the other one is I'm really tenacious. Um, I, I get, I, the, I'm not saying I don't give up. I, I give up briefly. And then I, I kind of, you know, get get uh, grit going, and I'm tenacious. And I got that from my mother, which is an interesting statement um, since she abused me. But it is the thing that, that drove her. She got through a lot of difficult times, and I, I think it's one thing that I, I think people would always say of me is that I, I don't stop uh, trying. So, Donna, if anybody wants to learn more about you, uh, you know, your services, anything that you do, where's the best place for them to go? It would be probably my website, which is minichangeyoga.com. Uh, so it's M-I-N-I changeyoga.com. If you also Google Donna Ferris, like the Ferris wheel um, and yoga, so Donna Ferris Yoga, you'll find me. Uh, that's probably the best way to do it because my site's got, you know, all those press event things I'm doing and stuff about the book and latest podcast. So um, that's probably the best way. Thank you. Wonderful. Donna, thank you for opening up. I really appreciate it. Have a great holiday. Thank you. Wonderful uh, talking with you. Really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino. We'll cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, and music from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.